0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. It's great to be here. We're going to come around the Word of God now. So if you could turn in your Bibles with me this morning to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I'm going to try and be as quick as I can this morning, just spend a few minutes, I know you don't believe me, so you can go off and enjoy your bank holiday weekend, but we're going to come around James chapter 4 in verse 1. We welcome those listening by way of the internet this morning as well. What causes fights and quarrels among you? says James. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you misspend what you get on pleasures, Verse 4, this is where James gets a little bit kinder. He says, you adulterous people. Wow. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think, Scripture says, without reason, that he jealously longs? Yes, that's God. He jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. That's the response to this. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Amen. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Wow, he's got some good words, James. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are, but you who are you to judge your neighbor. Verse 13, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. You know, the book of James, if you've never read the book of James, I encourage you to do it. It's a very short book, but it's, it's almost like a manual of how to live your Christian life. It's a fantastic book. But we're picking up, as we've just read, in, in James chapter 4. And at the very end, James says, if you know the good that you ought to do and don't do it, it's a sin. In other words, he says, everything I've just told you that you need to be doing in your lives, in response to the problems that you may observe, if you don't do this, then it's a sin. And he gives this practical advice. My dad, when I was younger, he used to fix his cars himself sometimes. He used to have a Haynes, what was called a Haynes manual guide for fixing a particular car. No one you ever see with these now. They just take it to quick fit and they let someone else do it. But if you read the book of James, it's a practical good advice on how to live your life. And some of the key things that you will struggle with. But you know one thing I want to talk about this morning, which I really believe God wants to speak to some people about here today, and that is that our Christianity, our lives with Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, needs to be real and authentic. It needs to be realistic. Many of us are very, very good, we've all done it, coming with our mask on Sunday sometimes, with what we look like, the religious character. We we can all put on that good mask when we come to church. Some of us, when we come, we struggle. We've got things that are weighing us down. And there are things in our lives that are crushing us at the moment, things we're struggling with. And we walk through the doors, we get our coffee, and we, we probably sometimes sit in the cafe, and no one actually knows the reality of what is going on in our lives. And actually, inside we're crushed. Inside we're living probably another life to what others think we're living. You know, I'm not here to tell anyone off because we've all done it. We all can come with our special religious masks. We can all come to church and hide. But do you know what? I believe the way to freedom and truth is that when we're all truthful with each other, amen? When we actually accept that sometimes in our lives, things ain't going to be so good. And sometimes we're struggling with things, we need to be open with each other. You know, I'd I'd give anyone the test. I believe that Christianity is, is a 24 hours a day thing. God is watching all of our lives, all of the time, amen? If you don't believe that, then I don't know if you've understood who God is. But actually, we don't just come on Sunday and we enter into this kind of, oh, I'm now walking into the light where everything's exposed. Now God sees me and I'm going to try and get everything right in this next couple of hours. No, when we leave here today, it's the same wherever we go. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year, 365 days a year. God is looking all the time at our lives. And some of us, I believe today, may be going through a season where we are wearing our mask and there are things happening in our lives behind the scenes that we don't want anyone to know about. We're always going to live with that kind of hiding things. We, we shouldn't, but, you know, recently we, we, were looking, we were looking to get some CCTV put in this building, you know, so we can watch everyone and see what everyone's up to. That's the plan. You know, so it will be like Big Brother. You will not be able to go anywhere. There will be certain places, but I I won't tell you where they are. But we're looking to get these cameras. And I saw this guy, and he comes in, and uh, and we're looking at these different cameras that they can fit. And I said, well, what happens when it gets to nighttime? And now they tell me, you can get a nighttime camera so you can see in the night. But he said, unfortunately, it's black and white. So I said, oh, okay. But he said, actually, he says, we can give you a new special camera. He said, it's called a light camera fighter. I said, what's a light fighter? He said this, he said, this special light fighter camera means that when it's dark, it not only shows you what's happening in the dark in pitch black, but it will produce a full color image as though it's daytime. I thought, wow, haven't things moved on? And I said, you know, the cost of it, you know, was quite interesting. It was quite colorful. But let me tell you something, some of us think that we can live our Christian lives and we can live them in certain areas where we're exposed and then when we go into other areas no one can see us. And we've got to be very careful that we don't live our Christian lives because the enemy wants to get us into a position where we believe that when the camera's on us, when we choose it and we can turn it off when we want But I believe God wants us to acknowledge him this morning as a God who sees all the time. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says this. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. That's all I need to tell you. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. In other words, God's eyes are like the best life fighter camera you're ever going to find because he sees everything from the moment we're born to the day we die. And when we acknowledge this and understand this, we may begin to live our lives a little bit differently but do you know the enemy wants to get us into a position where we start thinking i'm going to wear a christian religious mask for certain days and i'm going to live and i'm going to and sometimes we're so good at this we we can hide ourselves we think wow it becomes an, o- an own religion in itself that we can create this hidden identity some of us want to hide our lives from God. Some of us today may be thinking, do you know what? If I really analyze myself and the Holy Spirit may be talking to you this morning. If I really analyze my life, I understand that actually I'm doing this. You know, we can get so good at it that we forget what we're doing. Jesus called these people, you know, he gave them a name. And he called them hypocrites. Hypocrites. Now, if I ask many people they say, What well, a hypocrite, you'd have a, a word for a hypocrite, you'd 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 have a meaning, should I say, for a hypocrite. But Jesus said this in Luke twelve, verse one to three, he says this Be on your guard, he says to his followers, against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing, he said, concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden, that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. In other words, he said to his disciples, guys, listen. You need to watch out that you don't become like the Pharisees. You don't become like the hypocrites who actually say their one thing, but then they do another. You need to be careful you don't come like these people who actually, when they come out in the streets to pray at the right time of the day, just when everyone's there, they choose their time to do it, that they come out and do this so they can be seen for what they're doing. Even in their giving, in everything, but actually in the secret inner rooms they're speaking a completely different way. You know, sometimes you hear, hear people say you so that pastor's a great pastor, he's the same off the stage as he is on the stage. Well, they should be the same all the time. It should be 24 hours a day. This stage doesn't make anyone have a special anointing. It doesn't make us any more special than anyone else. Thankfully, we've just got a room to share the word of God. Amen. But listen to me today. You can become like a hypocrite. Now, do you know the word hypocrite comes from a Greek, the Greek word hypocrites. And that word, if it's translated, means this, a stage actor. In other words, someone who acts, because in the Greek and Roman times it was very uh, a very common thing then for them to wear in theatre uh, style productions, they would wear mechanical masks that would present something that they that they weren't. It was hiding behind a mask. And Jesus uses this term, hypocrites, hypo- hypocrites, and says, "You're like if you're not careful, you will become like the people who wear the masks that hide behind, and they want they do one thing." But they say another. In fact, they're actors, Christian actors. I want to ask this morning is your life hidden from God? Are you trying to hide it? Because the truth is this the Word of God comes to us today and reminds us that you cannot hide from Him who sees everything as we've just read. If we want to live for Jesus, we need to be transparent, we need to be transparent in our lives. Not just before others, but transparent before God. You see, we can all believe in Jesus. I mean, if I ask you, you can say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Do you know what? The Bible says this, that even the demons believe in Jesus. So you might think, oh, you know, I'm good, I'm safe, I believe in Jesus. The demons even believe, it says, in Jesus. You see, when Jesus arrives at the other side of the lake and he meets the demoniac, the first thing that happens is the demoniac starts walking to him. They know that he's the son of God. Because they recognize him. So the demons even believe it. How much more should we? But we shouldn't just be believers in Jesus. We should be disciples of Jesus. In other words, disciplined. Disciplined in our lives followers of Him, not just believing He's there. I put this today, God is not looking for a good impression. He's looking for godly submission. He's not looking today for a good impression. He's looking for godly submission. Some of us are so good at impressions you know, I'm not very good. Don't ask me to impersonate anyone. I'm not very good at that. And if I try to do it, Emma just looks at me and says, that was the most terrible accent you tried to say. I tried to do things. I tried to be funny. But I just can't do it. But I'm, I'm sure there's people in here who are good impersonators. They're good actors. They could do something to disguise themselves. I want to ask you today, are you an actor? Are you doing something to hide the true inside? The other thing I put here today is that your best impression can actually lead to depression. Your best impression sometimes, if not, eventually will lead to depression. Because when you cannot keep your your mask up, it's hard work. It's hard work to hide the reality. And do you know what? The enemy wants us to keep on doing it and keep saying we're doing this until we hide it so well that we find ourselves working to hide this. And then we get depressed. The truth is God wants us to be transparent. Amen. So how can we drop the mask and be real? What does James tell us in James chapter 4? What advice does he give us in this manual to tell us how can we live a life that is transparent, that is 24 hours a day? The first thing I want to say today, and I'm going to be a few minutes, just three points today, not four, is to number one, to get close to God. Get close. The title of the message today is Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real. Some of us have not got that realistic Christianity in our lives. And we need to keep it real. Number one, we need to get close to God. James 4, verse 7 says this Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. You know, one of the first things that we can do is this. If we don't submit to God, we wear a mask of relationship. We act as though we have a relationship with Jesus when we don't. You know, we act as though we're spending time with him when we're not. You know, you say, well, I've managed to fool someone, but actually the only person that loses out in that is you. It's not the person you're trying to fool, it's the person of yourself. You see, Jesus, at the end times, it says that Jesus will will say, some people will say, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do these things in your name? Didn't we, you know, heal the sick? Didn't we do all these amazing things, Lord? And he says, get away from me, you evil doers, I never knew you. I tell you what, I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, Jesus, can you remember the time when we did the miracle? We prayed and we saw this, and Jesus looks and says, Son, I never knew you. You never spent the time with me. You told everyone about all the miracles, all the good things that you see, but you never spent time with me. Do you know it's more important to spend time with him than to see the miracles? Do you know that? It's more important that we spend time with him, we get close to him, and we understand and know him. Because on the day when he comes, you won't be worried about whether he says, did you know me? You will know him. You will be like, Jesus, come here. You won't have to wait. I'll tell you, you will know you know him because you spent time with him. But for those who never spent that time, they never really spent that devotion with Jesus I believe will understand and know that when He comes, that they never got to know Him. They were more interested in what I would say His hand at work rather than His face. We need to seek His face, Amen. We need to get close to God. Our hearts can be so far from Him. And do you know what happens in James chapter four? It says this. He says he asks the question: Is what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from desires that battle within you? You desire to, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Christianity without true relationship does this. We start to, in our even in relationships, in our families, close people, What happens is this, we begin to get envious of others. We begin to get envious of others when we don't have what God wants to give us. The reason why we don't have what God wants to give us is because we don't spend the time with him to seek his face. And he says here, James, he says, what causes these fights? Some of us get so upset in our lives because we find ourselves quarreling with others close to us because we're actually envious. Sometimes we're envious of what they have. Because we're not really spending the time with God to understand what he wants for us. And he says this, you desire but do not have, so you kill. Now I know that hopefully no one has killed anyone here. We're not going around killing people, trying to get what we want. But let me tell you today, some of us in our relationships are killing others. What is it you're killing today? Because you are not happy in your life because you're not submitting to God. You're not submitting and understanding what he wants for your life. So therefore we're jealous of others. Then we start to kill off other people. We don't have to kill them with a weapon. We can kill them with our mouths. We can begin to put people down with our mouths because we're not spending that time with the Lord. So we don't really understand what he wants for us individually. We're more interested about what someone else has got. And then we will kill someone else's relationship with God. He asks this question, what causes these fights and quarrels? I find it very interesting that James says, he says, you're an adulterous people. Do you know that adultery, if you look that up in the dictionary, it means to give your body sexually to someone else. And some of us sometimes, when we we give our lives to Jesus, what happens is this, we end up where we give our, our lives over to something else, and Jesus... He says that he's jealous for us. He's jealous for you and for me. And some of us have, maybe we don't spend the time with the Lord, so we substitute it in other things. In other words, we become adulterous in our nature. We choose something else in place of God. To substitute what he wants to give us. And it will never make you happy because you always wear the mask. You'll try to wear the mask of religion whilst you're fulfilling your desires. And you're always in between. In Revelation it talks about the fact of the La- and water. It says you can't be lukewarm. It says that God will spit us out. Lukewarm is never nice, is it? If you make a cup of tea and you drink a cup of tea, the kettle's not been boiled. Lukewarm is you want to spit it out. If it's cold, it's nice. If it's hot, it's good. But we never like lukewarm. We can never be in between. And this is where the enemy wants us to be. But I believe Jesus is saying to us, I want you to be truthful. Take down the mask. Because he gives us the grace to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. James says, resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Wow. So many of us don't take time to do that, but he says, stand up, resist the devil, get close to God. He then says this in verse 2, he says, you do not have, in other words, you don't have the things you want because you do not ask God. What does he mean by that? He means there's no relationship. Sometimes we think, I I believe we read this, and we think he's just meaning, well, you've just not asked in your prayers. In other words, I believe he's saying, actually, you don't have what you want in your life, and you're not happy because you're you're adulterous for something else, and you are not coming to me in relationship and talking to me. If you did, if you asked me, then you'd get the things that I want you to have. You'd have the relationship with me that I want you to have. And I would encourage you today to spend time with the Lord to understand what He wants for your life. Because the lack of relationship and with God will result in confusion. We'll never be happy. You know, we distance ourselves from God. And then what happens is we, I believe we go for something that's never, never as good as what He could give us. It's always a false imitation of, of something that He wants to give us. The enemy wants us to substitute with what the world offers, sometimes with even not in the world. We can substitute it with church and other things, and we lose what God actually wants to give us for ourselves. You know, a few years back, someone said to me, do you want to, they gave me a gift, and they gave me a a, a watch. And this watch was a fake watch. It was was not a real one of the real, uh, the make that you can buy. And they said, I've got this, but it's not a real one. And it looks so real. You know, this thing looks so real. I thought, this watch was worth, if you bought it in the shop, for nearly £3,000. In reality, it looked like that. And and I wore this watch. It didn't last very long. But I wore this watch, and it looked the business. And uh, one day, I went into a jeweler's, and I was talking to them about something else. And the gentleman in the shop saw the watch in my hand. He said, wow, that's an amazing watch you've got. And I thought, brilliant. I fooled someone. I thought, if the jewel, This guy was the manager, by the way, in Cambridge. I thought, if he can't recognize the watch, then who will? You know, this is it. This is a good imitation. And he looked at it, and he was observing. He says, you know, how long have you had it? And I'm like, well, not long. I thought, do I tell him the truth? This is not real, mate. And he, he looked at it. He was admiring it. And then he said this question. He says, can I have a look? I thought, well, I'll show him my watch. So I took, By this time, I've not told him the truth. You know, I didn't need to. And I took the watch off and I handed it to him. Within two seconds, he looked at me and he says, it's not real, is it? And I said, how do you know that? He said, everything looks fantastic about it, but I can tell by the weight. He says, everything looks real, but the weight of it is not as heavy as a real one. And this thing was heavy. I thought, how much heavy do you need to get than this? Do people put weights inside them just to feel better and spend more money? You know, they add a little bit more weight in so that people spend more money. And he said, I can tell by the weight. You know, I didn't think he'd be able to tell because he looked at it first of all and he just grabbed it and looked and said, wow, it's amazing, beautiful. Then he straight away knew because of the weight. And some of us have got masks like that. We've got imitated masks that look like we have close relationships with God. They look like we get close to God. They look, everything looks fine, but if actually it was under the test from God, he would determine the weight of your relationship he would understand in seconds if he was to test you and you to, and to examine you that actually what you've managed to impress to others is actually in reality something with no weight do you know the reason that the, the fact is is that watch if i wanted the real one i'd have to pay a lot of money for the weight and i'm going to tell you today that you will have to spend time with the lord it will cost you your time it will cost you time with Him instead of going to other things. And some of us maybe today need to reevaluate our lives. Reevaluate what maybe we're imitating before others. Remember, it says in James 4, verse 5 to 6, it says, God jealously longs. I love that. The fact, did you know that God is jealous about you? Did you ever think about it? Have you ever thought the fact that now, even when we do things and we wander off and we look to other things instead of God, he says he's jealous for the spirit that he's placed within us for us. He wants us to come and spend time with him. He's not like a God who's looking at us saying, I'm tired of you doing these things, son, daughter. I'm tired of you going off and looking at other things and, and not wanting me and you wanting those desires and you're never happy. I'm tired. He doesn't say that. He looks with the eyes of better than any 10,000 light fighter cameras into every avenue of our lives and he's never put off by it. He's just jealous of us. There's not one thing, no, no matter how dirty you may feel, that today he looks at you and in the darkness it pierces through and he can look into the darkest sides of your heart and he can see, but there's nothing today that will stop you, him from loving you. He looks and he's jealous. He is in love with his children. He created you. So I want to encourage you today. For those who the enemies come and said. No God doesn't love me. I've done certain things in the dark. And I know that I I feel bad inside. God says today. My grace is sufficient. It's sufficient for you. And it pierces through the darkness. All I want you to be is honest. All I want you to do is come to me. You are weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Draw close to him. Number one. We need to get close. Number two. We need to get clean. We need to get clean. James says this. He gives this advice. He says you've got to get close to God. Submit to him. Not just spend a bit of time with him. Submit to him in getting close. But then he says this in verse 8. Wash your hands you sinners. And purify your hearts you double minded. It's quite strong. You know I I have a real job on sometimes getting our children to wash their hands. We have to buy different types of soaps and put them in the, you know, fancy soaps to just get them to come up and says, Wash your hands and we're always asking them to do it. And we're telling them to do it all the time. James here is saying to you, there is an action on your life to wash your lives of sin. Now some of you today are probably saying, Well, Jesus, hasn't he paid the price for my sin? Hasn't Jesus paid the price for the things I've done wrong, so do I really need to wash myself again? I sing the songs, I'm washed in his blood and I'm covered, all my sins are covered. Do you know, many of us look at life like this, but I believe that we need to live a life of confession. You see, in not many places you'll find people saying that. Today there is a real rise of people saying, I'm just going to live under this super grace. I don't need to really keep confessing, but I'm telling you, if you don't confess before God, then you get into this lifestyle of, I can do what I like. And it's just dealt with. Wash your hands. I believe he's telling us to do something. There is an required on us in our Christian lives to make sure we wash ourselves. And how do we do that? Jesus has paid the price, but we need to come before him and confess our sins to him. 1 John verse 1 says this, verse 8 to 10, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and the word is not in us. You know, what it's saying here is this that we have to we must confess before God. We can't say we're without sin. Now some of us would say, Yes, I do sin, but Jesus covered the sin. I think the first and primary thing here is this. If you want to wash your hands, that's not you going downstairs today and using everyone queuing up at the toilets downstairs, thinking, well, he's told me I've got to wash my hands. No, to be free from sin, we need to make some actions in our lives. And that is for you to wash your hands of sin, you're going to have to get on your knees and confess and say, God, some of these things I'm dealing with and I'm struggling with, I confess them to you. Acknowledge that he sees everything in our lives. But do you know what? What happens in our lives is we get to this place where we don't do that anymore. We begin to put this mask on where actually we've got so good at wearing the mask that actually we don't need to bother anymore. It's, why do I need to come and tell him every single thing? Why do I need to confess another thing? You know, he doesn't need to be bothered with my problems A gentleman who I used to work with used to say this to me every time. He said, You're a God botherer. You bother God every week when you spend time worshiping Him. I said, I'm not a God botherer. He likes to be bothered. He likes His children to worship Him. He called me a God botherer. Listen, the enemy, the enemy is going to tell you you're bothering God by telling Him all your problems. God is never tired of hearing His children tell Him their problems. We need to get on our knees. And get on our knees the same way when we first got saved and we give our lives to Jesus and say, God, I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling with these things and I want to wash my hands because you've paid the price. Your blood is enough to cleanse me of my sin. I want to tell you the things I'm doing wrong. Don't believe this message that has been preached around the world today in some areas that will tell you you can just do what you like and super grace will cover you. Because you'll get into a position where you'll not enjoy God. You will become lukewarm. Because you'll be trusting in a mask rather than reality. Get clean before God. Wash your hands and purify your hearts. Then he says, You're double minded. In other words, you wear two masks. I call them two faced Christians. We wear two masks. In other words, he says, if you don't wash your hands and purify your hearts, really you're two people. You're acting like two people. You're trying to impress people with a false imitation. But you know, the second thing I want to say is this it's important, you know, to confess our sins before God, amen? But you know, one thing we should do as well? We should confess our sins to others as well. Now, how many times have you seen, when I say confess our sins to anyone, the first thing that people think about is the, the Catholic Church with some wooden box and going to meeting someone you don't know and speaking through a little uh, wire mesh and telling them everything you've done. I'm not talking about that. We're not going to have in this building a wooden box installed that you have to confess to someone you don't know. But I really believe that it's important for not only to confess our sins to God, but to confess to others. Do you know why? Because the moment you tell someone else, the moment you do that, you have just took your mask off. The moment you tell someone else, you're willing to show that you're not the person you're trying to pretend you are. You're willing to basically take the watch off and let it be tested. I didn't want to do that, you see. I wanted him to think that I got a three thousand pound watch. Unfortunately, when I walked out, he thought it was poor. But do you know what it's better to be poor, isn't it? It's better to for people to see the reality of who we are rather than trying to impress them. And we're not here for a club trying to impress each other of how good a Christians we are. Amen. We need to the do you know the enemy has power over our lives when we don't confess our sins. There's some people today here know that there's things in their hearts, and I'm not trying to, I'm not using this for scare tactics. Listen, we all struggle with sin. Everyone, including me. But we need to find people who we trust. People around us in the church, friends and family who I would, I'd call be your accountability partners. That's what we call them. People who you can be accountable to. Someone who you can say, listen, I'm struggling with this sin. Can I tell you about it? Can I share with you what my struggle is? Will you pray and help me? I'm, and some, when we, the moment we do that, we're not only confessing it before God, but we're confessing it before man as well. Amen? James chapter 5, later on, the next chapter, he says this. Confess your sins to each other, not to God, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So the very next chapter, he says to us, he says, confess your sins. In other words, he's told us in chapter 4, wash your hands. Here, he's telling us a little bit how to do that. He's saying, if you want to wash yourself and be pure and clean and pure in heart, then you need to not only confess to God, but listen, confess your sins to others, your friends, your ones who are close to. Some of us don't do that. And again, we still live this double life. There's a saying that there's a place... If anyone's ever watched, um, there's a program on TV called Don't Tell the Bride. And it's they set, they set up these weddings and things like that. I don't watch these things. Emma likes to watch them. But they're in the background and I don't get a say on what goes on the TV. But when you watch these things, many a time I've seen them have weddings in Las Vegas. And they use this term. They say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. In other words, what we do in that city, Vegas has got this false... Advert for what happens there is not really ever found out. And do you know what? That's what the enemy wants you to believe today. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in your life stays there. It's a secret between you and me. If you won't tell anyone says the enemy, I won't say anything. And we get into this position where we believe that we've got our Vegases. We've got our little Vegases everywhere where we put things and we hide them and we believe because the enemy's got us to believe that these places can't be ever found. Do you know something? My mum used to say to me when I was younger, if ever I did anything wrong, she said, Phil, be sure your sins will find you out. (laughs) When she said that, I felt like telling her everything because I was scared of the day when she'd find out. And she said, be sure your sins will find you out. Do you know what? I'm going to tell you something. The truth is this. Now scripture is talking about uh, the children of Israel when they're fighting to, for land and they're looking to which side of the land they want to go, to the Jordan. And the truth is this, they want to go and take some land, they want to fight, give, put all their families into an area and fight for an area of land. And Moses thinks that they're going to abandon everyone and leave them and, and not go for the promised land that God has promised. And they said, no, they said, we, we want to just put people here, keep them safe, but we'll still fight the battle for you. We still want to fight for the promised land. And he says, well, okay, If you, I believe you, but be sure your sins will find you out. In other words, he knew what they'd said, so he said, I'm going to hold you to that because you said it. But do you know what? There is people, we take that scripture wrong. Sometimes there are people who will take sins to their grave to the moment they meet Jesus and they've, they've hidden it all their lives. You will find people that are exposed now on TV that are coming out that there's problems that happen through their lives. No one knew about it. Do you know what? You can hide things from people. You can never hide them from God. You can do it. It's possible. But do you want to do it? That is the question. Because God sees everything. I want to be transparent before him today. I want to expose my Vegases to him. And be transparent. David said this in Psalm 32. I acknowledge my sin to you. And did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Then he says this. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. David says I acknowledge my sin to you. There were problems God. But I told you. I, I realize that you do see me. But I don't want to just rely on the fact that you watch me. I want to tell you that I know you do. And I acknowledge you. And I didn't cover it up. I didn't cover up the things I did. But I confessed my transgressions to the Lord. Later on in Psalm 119 verse 11. The psalmist also writes this. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Not only do we in relationship when we spend time with the Lord and we're real with him. But in the word of God. The more of the word of God you get in your lives. If you get his word in your heart. Then you will not want to sin. Amen. And finally number three. I said I'd only, I'm being quick. But number three is to get counsel. This is another thing that I really believe. That God wants us to do in our lives. To get Counsel. If our plans are hidden from God, we'll lose clarity on what God wants for us. We read earlier, it said in James chapter 4 verse 13 to 15, it says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Do you know something? So many of us love to tell God about our plans. We love to say, this is what we're going to do. We we wear this mask and now we've got our lives so well together in Christianity that now we're telling God what we're doing. Now we're the ones who, we're God for ourselves. So now we're going to tell God our plans. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to go to this part of the world and make money. I'm going to set up this business. I'm going to be this because this is who I am. Look how successful I am. And all the time God's looking saying, you never spend time with me to understand what I want for you, for my will for you, and now you've become a God unto yourself. So many, there's nothing wrong with plans. There's nothing wrong with, I love to have plans and things and ambitions. But do you know what it says here? We ought to say if it's the Lord's will, if it's God's will, we will live and do this or that. In other words, do you know the only way you'll understand his will is when you spend time with him. When you get close to him and you get close, when we get close we get sin out of our lives because we draw close to him. So when we get close, we get sin out of our lives, then we begin to understand what the Lord's will is for our life. Because we're spending time with Him. We're no longer now, as James says, you, you actually, if you wear this mask, you're going to become a god unto yourself. You'll actually start creating your own plans and your future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. In other words... I know, I am the one who knows, do you want to know what I know for you? I designed you in your mother's womb, Psalm 139, I designed you, I put you together, I knew every day before it came to be. Do you want to know what that is, son, daughter, or do you want to tell me what you're doing in your life? Do you know what I really believe? When it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans, he doesn't say plan, he says plans. I believe God's got lots of plans for us. And I think when a plan fails and we get things wrong and we mess up, and just as many times in the Bible people sinned, David with Bathsheba, you get the consequences of sin, but God, it's like he totally re- he changes the sat-nav. It's like he plugs in another thing. We went on a little trip. I went with Harsha somewhere the other day. We went on a trip in the satnav. Boy, oh boy, did this thing take us on a scenic route. Harsha was telling me the way to go. I was ignoring him. I said, no, the Satnav knows. He says, listen, mate, you're going the wrong way. And this thing took us on a full scenic route till the point we went on a full U-turn back to the same road that he told me to not turn off on. And I realized this Satnav was telling me something wrong. Listen, God's Satnav's never wrong. He, in our lives, if you do something wrong, if we mess up and we confess to Him our sins, do you know what He does? He replugs the navigation in, but it's perfect, it's awesome, and it leads to His will. Not to Milton Keynes. It leads to his will for your life. And I would encourage you today, if you want to understand what the Lord's will is, stop telling him your plans. Someone said once, if you want to make God laugh, then tell him your plans. Boy, I've had lots of plans in my life. But do you know what? I just love to say, God, I'm going to live out my life. And I'd love to do certain things. But if it's your will, then just lead me into it. Take me that way, Lord. And do you know what I've found is God always leads me. He always does. I don't have to worry about what his will is. I just live out what he wants me to do. Obey him. And then he leads you. He opens the doors for you. Amen. Some of us need to submit to God's counsel today. If we don't, we become someone wearing this mask that I call a lone ranger Christian. They're just living life for themselves. It's all about self. And that's what it is before we give our lives to Jesus. It's about self. But we need to come to God and say, God, I'm taking off the mask. I want to spend time with you. And I want to understand what you want for my life. I want to keep it real. Not be fake. Before you. Do you know what the enemy wants you to do today? Is what I call being a virtual reality mode. I went recently, my, my son Jacob, he absolutely loves computer games and things. We went, it was his birthday yesterday and he had a computer game party. It was, it was fantastic. But he recently took me to a Cambridge museum that shows all the old computers. And I, I used to like computers when I was younger. So I used to, I went round, and I was looking at all these old computers that I used to play on. As games when I was a young boy, and they had one of these. I don't know if you've ever seen. They had a virtual reality mask that never really hit it off. And Jacob said, "Hey, look at this, Dad!" So I go on and put the virtual reality mask on, and this is like a roller coaster that you're that you're supposed to be on. You turn your head 360 degrees. You can see everything in pixels and. Jacob I could hear him to the side of me and he's talking to me saying dad what can you see and I'm saying oh, I can see the roller coaster I'm now going up and I'm telling him what I'm doing and then I started to I started to enjoy this thing it was quite real how it played tricks on the mind as you thought you were there and then I started to talk back to him saying I'm just going down the roller coaster now and I took off because he didn't speak back to me and I realized that someone else was stood behind me he'd left me he was on another computer and I will still live your life and actually what you've made your Christianity is not real. It's virtually real. It's nearly there. My kids, they love to go to the cinema. We went to the cinema recently. We watched the cinema with the 3D. I find myself, I don't know why I do this. It's just that I'm tempted. I take the glasses off all the time to see what it looks like without the glasses. It's terrible. You can't see a thing. Oh, people get so frustrated with me. And, I, and I'm looking like this and risk to live your life. You just need to be honest with God. Stop living in virtual Reality. Give God your life, everything you are. Come to Him today so that He can clean our hearts, confess our sins to Him, so He can clean us from the inside out. Amen. Not only do we need to receive counsel from God, but we also need to be prepared to take counsel from others. Do you know what? I believe that God puts people in our lives, in relationships that are godly people, and sometimes we don't listen to them. We're not prepared to listen to godly people that God puts around us, and sometimes God uses his voice through those who you're with to encourage, and sometimes you might not like the things they say, Sometimes you might not like the things that a Christian or a friend or someone close to you is telling you when they counsel you. And they say, listen, I'm going to encourage you in this area, but you need to not do this. Some of us don't want that counsel from others, but I believe God positions good Christian people to be around us. So not only do we need to take counsel from God, but we need to be prepared to take counsel from others. Proverbs 12 verse 15 says this. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. I want to encourage you today. Maybe God has put some people around you that sometimes you don't like what they say. You don't like it when they tell you something and they're encouraging you in the faith. But we need to accept that. If we're going to submit to God, we're going to get close to him, get sin out of our lives, be honest with him and other people around us. We also need to be prepared to listen to God's counsel and those around us as well. Amen? Get counsel. We need to get people around us who are godly. I think we need to start being a little bit more honest with people and a little bit more willing to listen to people even when we don't like it. We've got to become real. Amen? Amen? Let's stop being fake. Let's stop being actors. Let's stop being something we're not. God's not called us to be actors. He's not looking for a good impression. He's looking for godly submission. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church,